At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hey, Andre, um, thank you for sitting in for Nathan. Why are you sitting in today? Well, Nathan is on vacation, um, so I figured, you know, we have a truck podcast, but I wanted to see what it's like to be on a car podcast. Well, it's probably <laughs> the same as being on the truck podcast, <laughs> except you're with me instead of Nathan. Uh, and of course, today we are going to be talking about the thing that we just returned from, which is the Consumer Electronics Show, or CES. And to make it more interesting, we're going to do a typical TFL uh, best and worst. I love that. I love yeah. that idea. We spent three days at the show. We did. We did. We spent a lot of time in Ubers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also boring tunnels. <laughs> yeah. And walking halls. You know, I was averaging like 20,000 steps a day at CES. That's a pretty good average, dude, because I remember SEMA. I thought SEMA was big and, and huge, but CES surprised me. I, this was my first CES, actually. I, I don't know how many miles that is, but it's got to be like between maybe six and eight miles of walking a day, maybe more than that. Yeah, it's a good exercise. Yeah, so um, just so you guys know, CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, is the biggest show in Vegas, uh, followed by, um, well, I'm not going to tell you, you can guess it what the second one is, followed by SEMA, which is... Wait, SEMA is number three? Yeah, so what do you think is number two? It's happening in like the next two weeks. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, it's the gun show where they show ammunition. No, it's something you'd love, actually. It's happening a couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah. And we, and we're going to talk about this, one of the things that's going to be featured there. I'm giving you a hint in our worst, in our, in our, uh, in our best, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, oh, I know. What? Is it construction show? It's World of Concrete. That's right. <laughs> That's the second biggest show. Wait, do they only show concrete there? No, they show like giant machines. Yeah. It's no. basically based on attendance. So uh, we, Andre and I had a bet to see who was going to get COVID first because there were so many people. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so many people. Uh, and let's start with this. Um, because let's start with one of the worst before we get to the worst. So we'll do one of the worst, and then we'll go do best, and then we'll go with the rest of the worst, Okay. Okay, so okay. can you give me a, a little bit of time? So you name it, and then I, I'll look it up and show pictures. How about that? All right, that sounds good. But with this worst, you don't have to show a picture because I'm going to be out there. I'm going to say it right now. CES, you suck. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, you do. Because tell them what happened to us, Andre. And I think this is just so, so like uh, nickel and dimey and just like so stupidly counterproductive that I'm going to say it again. CES, you suck. And that is because... Andre lost his press pass, 
Uh, and I'll give you a little bit of background. When we film, yes. we don't like to have our press passes or our passes on because it looks kind of hokey, right? Walking around this big pass, it gets in your way, it rubs against the microphone. So we take it off and we put it in our pocket or we put it in our backpack. And there were only the two of us. We didn't have a videographer. So when we started filming, Andre took it off. And then when he got done filming, I was like, hey, Andre, let's go to the press room uh, and uh, upload, upload the video. video. Yeah. And, and as you're walking to the press room, what happened? Well, I reached in my back pocket and my pass is missing. Actually, the and woman stopped you, remember? Yeah, there's somebody at the door stopped me. Said, so here's what pass? I've done um, over the last 11 years that I've been at TFL. Um, I've done, done this before at other shows where I kind of quickly put my pass in the back pocket because I want to have it on and off and this, this is a piece of paper with your name printed on, on it. On a lanyard. On a lanyard. This is yeah. all it is, okay? This is important for the story. So she's like, uh, you can't be in here without a pass. Which is true. Which is true. Yeah. You can't get into the media room without a pass. Which is also true. <laughs> so what did she say you could do? She said, go to the registration desk uh -huh. and you can get a new one. And I'm so, like, okay. So, so you go to the registration desk to get a new one. Uh, and they said, okay, what happened? I said, well, I lost it here at the show just minutes half an ago. hour ago. Yeah. Just minutes ago. They said, well, you could go to lost and found right. because we have a lost and found and you can wait for somebody to turn it in or, or not. find it or not. Or it will be $300 to replace your pass. So they charged us, you, $300 to replace a piece of paper pass, which is more than probably we spent flying out there. That's why I say, CES, you suck. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little bit of a rant here. Just okay. Before you rant, okay. uh, when I was getting my pass a couple days prior I don't to care. That, I don't care. Doesn't they, matter. They said uh, reprints were going to be $300. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I thought they were joking. I, I, I didn't believe that they would actually charge media $300. And, and they did. Because why are we there, Andre? We're there to promote your show, CES. Without the media, you'd have a little backward show that would be 20th. You know, not 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 first ahead of World of Concrete, but like you know, behind the uh, mosquito repellent show, right? <laughs> we are there giving you hundreds of thousands in our case views, and we say that because the Ram video we did got seven hundred thousand yeah. views, and and you're getting that for free. You're getting that for free, and you guys have the hupsva, the audacity to then charge us. $300 because we lost a press pass so that we could provide you with free publicity. It's just absolutely mind-blowing and counterproductive. And just, I'm going to say it again, CES, you suck. It's just, it's that simple. If, if you're going to nickel and dime media to that extent, I don't want to go there. And the second reason, CES, you suck is because, get this, so we record the video, yes. right? Then we go into the press room, which has, um, you know, quote-unquote free Wi-Fi. Now, keep in mind, Andre, I was sitting on a public toilet in Korea, and I had free Wi-Fi. At CES, for a 12-hour pass, and you don't know how fast it is, you got to pay $80. But okay. in the media room, quote-unquote, it's free. So we go to load up a 45-minute video promoting the show again to upload a video so we can promote your show. And I'm like, this is taking three hours, Andre. Three well, hours. Well, the estimate was like two hours and 51 minutes or so, something So like I run that. a speed test. What is the speed? It was five megabits, megabytes down and four up. That's like that's like my mom's like uh, what is that really uh, really crappy phone that a AOL no it's no not it's AOL. like it's like the cheapest phone you can because she needs a simple phone might have those kinds of speeds and you know I was in Korea last year I was on a train Andre I was getting faster free Wi-Fi on a train in Korea than CES provides at the media room two hours and fifty one minutes to upload a video 
I don't I, know. I, so, all I can say is, once again, CES, you suck. Hashtag. So, so we jumped in an Uber. Yeah. And we went to the hotel, which yeah. was, what, a couple miles away? Three miles away. It would have been faster for us to fly <laughs> back to Colorado. Seriously. We figured this out. And go, come into our office and, and upload, upload the it. video than to sit there in the media room for three hours waiting for this video to upload. And, and you guys might be thinking to yourself, what's the big deal? You just... You just let it upload for three hours, but we have other. Pla- we can't sit there. You know, this, we have a limited amount well, of time. There's a sign. You know, don't uh, don't leave you your know, stuff. In don't the, leave your stuff. We're not responsible for we're lost. We're not responsible for lost items. items yeah, which is which is a, a, what every show says. But first of all, we cannot just sit there. Like you said, we we're doing other stuff. We're filming, uh, but and we also tried. By the way, our phones. So we're like, oh, we have 5G here, right? right. So that's perfect. But Let's you got 50,000 people who also have 5G. Yeah, and, and it was the same time on 5G as with this Wi-Fi. Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm just, um, like I say, I, but I'm just taken aback by the stupidity of it all. And, you know, the money hurts, but the stupidity hurts even more because this is the consumer electronics show, not World of Concrete. And you would think at any show where they would understand the value of Wi-Fi and the value of publicity and the value of having the media there, it would be the Consumer Electronics Show. But apparently, no. So once again, hashtag CES, you suck. All right, let's go to the best, Andre. Okay. So I think uh, the best by far has got to be the new RAM revolution, the new 1500. But we just did a whole live show talking about that. So I don't think in this podcast we want to – plus there's a video that's, like I said, 700,000 views if you want to see it. Uh, It's a really cool uh, concept truck. It's the third uh, in a line of electric trucks. First came Ford, then came Silverado, and now comes a Ram. But over at alltfl.com, you can watch the video. You can listen to the live show. Yeah, and it came part of this Talantis uh, keynote speech. So every day at CES, there's a keynote speech or, you know, a big show that happens, right? Um, And Stellantis was one of them, and Ram rolled out right there. Yeah. But there was something else that rolled down at the Stellantis show, right? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about that because I've got that um, as both the best and the worst. Okay, can we talk about the best? Yeah, of course. We'll talk about why it was the best and why it was the worst. It was uh, the Peugeot uh, Inception concept. This is the future of Peugeot. And that's also a bit of a head-scratcher. I don't understand why Peugeot is rolling out their concept vehicle at CES since they don't sell cars in North America or uh, America, per se. So it seems like an odd place to roll out the future of a brand where you don't sell the brand, but that is, you know, up to you guys, of course, at Stellantis. Yeah, but they show cool technologies like a square steering wheel. That's the worst. With, with thumb with thumb controls. That was by far the worst. Really? Yeah. So here's what they did. Uh, they said that they've – and they also called it hyper uh, – what do they call it? The hyper – Hyperloop. No. no, I didn't call it the Hyperloop, Andre. <laughs> it was hyper something. Hyper. Oh, gosh. I wrote it down, and now I can't find it's it. It's okay. We'll, we'll find it. Let me show the car first. Show the car. Yeah, why don't you? F- anyway, so what they did. So that, first of all, let's talk about the good. So the car is gorgeous, just absolutely gorgeous. And uh, for a long time, we've been into the uh, rotund and round world of styling. Everything has been round and rotund and kind of roly-poly. And Peugeot, along with the Cybertruck, have now come back with like 90-degree angles. How, how eye-opening is that? There, you go. there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is angry and square and, you know, pointy. And I, I like that a lot, actually. And, and very attractive to my eye as well. Um, uh, I think – did you mention Cybertruck here as well? Yeah. Uh, be, because um, – it kind of doesn't look like a Cybertruck, of course, but it has that kind of a feeling to it, right? It, kind of a sci-fi futuristic feeling. Is it hypersquare? 
It might be the hypersquare. Hyper it might be the hypersquare. Not yeah. the loop. <laughs> Not the loop. So what they, what, so this, the, the style of this thing is badass. The idea is that you're. Because of all the glass, you're not in the car, but you're part of nature, right? They showed the thing zipping across. I think it was a desert somewhere where you're like sitting in the car, but you're really out in the desert. Cool concept, except for the hypersquare, which is a square that is now in place of the steering wheel. And it's got handholds, but you don't steer the car with the square. What you have are four round little dials on the square in each corner. And then you steer the car like you would with a joystick, except now you're using your thumbs. I'm doing it in my hand here. I, I, I expect that you steer the car with your thumbs and you show the, um, you show the vehicle um, how to drive itself by using almost joystick-like things. So instead of actually spinning the wheel, you're using your thumbs. I, I think that out of all the things that needed to be reinvented, the steering wheel was the last. But everybody's reinventing their steering wheel, Roman, including Tesla, with their yokes. I'm just, Andre, I'm just waiting for square wheels. I, you know it's coming. <laughs> you, you know it's coming, guys. You just know, right? Right? Yeah. We're, we're going. We're, you know, like once upon a time, like whatever caveman invented the round wheel was like, you know, put up oh, in the caveman God. hall of fame, and now some like you know, um, vaping. Cappuccino drinking designers are going to come back and say square wheels. We can make square <laughs> wheels work, and they're going to be square, and they're going to have rollers underneath them. And you you know that's coming because if you're going to reinvent the steering wheel, you're going to reinvent the wheel. So there you have it. But overall, I agree. The Peugeot concept was is cool. The exterior is amazing. They also showed this kind of a halo thing for the gauges, right? Um, so it's kind of a new way of looking at gauges. And also talked about autonomy. That was a big theme as well at, at the show, I believe. And that's another um, good thing. A lot of these are good and bad, all right? So um, let's talk about that. There's been a ginormous shift where cars are introduced, right? Once upon a time, the cars would be introduced either the LA Auto Show, Chicago Auto Show, Detroit Auto Show, New York Auto Show, right? Uh, and because it's very expensive to introduce a car there, you got to basically, you know, spend millions of dollars, literally, to rent the space, to set up the floor, yada, yada, yada. Uh, uh, and car shows in general are dying. Uh, we've kind of moved away from that. And so now instead of car shows, they're going to places like uh, Monterey, where you've got uh, Pebble Beach, right? Or in this case, CES. Uh, the upside to that is obviously cars are becoming consumer electronics so it makes logical sense the downside is a lot of the stuff that was introduced had to do with not the car itself but kind of the technology that's invisible right like or the, the interface or the interface yeah. and as a car guy it's kind of uh, right it's it, there's not, I, I don't get excited by looking at an interface well, I don't know. I don't think Stellantis saved money by going to CES. I mean, that's still a pretty expensive show to be a part of. Uh, but it is a consumer electronic show. And Ram, of all people, showed their vehicle there as well. So Ram, traditional truck manufacturer, uh, it was kind of surprising. But they did say that the truck is full of technologies, and they talked about how uh, those technologies relate to people. And uh, they also showed a uh, squarish, not a square, but a square steering wheel that will fold away into your dashboard when the truck or maybe even the car, like this Peugeot, will drive itself. So, so that's the bad part about like you know turning CES into a car show. Uh, it's it's a lot of the stuff there isn't very visual or isn't very exciting uh, in terms of like what what the car guy in me wants to see, right? 
We want to see like new car concepts or a new car introduction. New power trains, something and, like that. And there was none of that there. There were concepts. There were two, uh, the Peugeot, uh, actually three or four. Okay, so four concepts, but no real cars. And let's face it, concepts can or cannot be made eventually. Yep. The good news, the 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 the, the, the best part of that was when I used to go to CES, the cars were spread out throughout the whole show. And I'm like SEMA, it's in all of Vegas, right? So there's different keynotes at different days at different hotels. Different and locations. Different yeah. locations. Now they've put all the cars into a car hall, uh, and that's really nice. It was nice. It felt like a normal automotive show as far as the uh, where it, they were all co-located. Having said that, the Ram was unveiled at the Venetian. <laughs> the day prior. <laughs> the day prior. And the car actual hall was South Hall of the uh, Convention Center. So maybe better, but not perfect. Yeah. All right, uh, let's talk about something else uh, that's good and bad. So the good part is to get between the different halls, you used to have to walk a long way or you could Uber it. We had to Uber a lot uh, because we were staying at the Four Seasons. Thank you to Volkswagen. We'll get to them in a second, mm -hmm. who, who brought us there for their uh, new concept car, the ID7. But that's coming up and one of the best things. But anyway, um, between the halls now, um, Mr. Musk has kindly built um, – the tunnel. The not-so-boring tunnel. The not-so-boring tunnel. So yeah. Andre and I actually took the tunnel a number of times. And why don't you explain to him how the tunnel works? It's uh, quite interesting. So it's a tunnel uh, which is round, but of course it's paved on the bottom. And it's just big enough for a car or a small pickup truck, right? In this case, the Tesla Model 3, Model Y, or Model X could you know, easily fit inside of it. And it connects all the way from the south side of the convention center currently to the central where we were would be dropped off or to the west hall uh, where a lot of the automotive uh, displays were as well and also it went it went goes up to a couple of other hotels right so you just you go down the escalator uh it's free everything is you don't have to pay uh i'm not uh, sure if it's free all the time though is it free all the time mm. And they said they only run it during big, big shows. Okay, so maybe it's free. They, for the they don't time. run it like every day. Okay. So, and a Tesla pump pulls up and. Um, model Y or Model X? Model, yeah, we took both. Um, and it takes you to your next destination, which takes, well, less than a minute, but in some cases. Yeah, so basically it's like they drilled a tunnel and they built a road and then a bunch of Teslas because they don't have internal combustion engines, right? So they're not polluting the tunnels. You don't have to suck out air because you're not putting any uh, combustionable uh, stuff into emissions. emissions. So you're driving around in Teslas, and it's very civilized. You get in the thing, you talk to your driver, then you go into this kind of funky, like, lit-up tunnel in different neon colors, uh, and you zip to your next destination, you pull up out, and then you get out, and then there's a person waiting to get in your car. And, and it's, uh, like I said, very civilized. But, Andre, I can't help but feel this is the bad part. But if you did like one of those airport uh, shuttles or trams, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The one yeah. we have a DIA, for instance. Yeah. You could move a boat ton more people, like 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 a hundred times more in the same amount of time that you move like 10 people in a bunch of Teslas. Because think about it. You got to open up the bag, throw in your luggage because we have all of our gear, you know, sit down. Close, close the doors. Door. Yeah. Yeah. And it all takes a long time for, you know, what it is. If you had one of those little airport trains... You could just get in, zip to your destination, get out with all your gear, and then the next 100 people could get in. So the good part is uh, of this, our, my experience, our experience with the, uh, the Vegas Loop, so they call it, 
is that we never really waited, right? No, we didn't I, never I, wait. I mean, I, I didn't feel like we waited more than a couple of minutes at, at one of the stations, which is which seemed reasonable. You know, I wait for a minute, I get in the car, and uh, I'm But somebody's going to be paying away. for that, right? I mean... It sounds like a lot of taxpayers are paying for this. It can't be cheap to have all... Well, you're hiring drivers, right? so these are not autonomous vehicles. I mean... So a train would have one driver, if that. Or zero drivers, or zeros, potentially. Yeah. This has, like, you know, as many uh, Teslas as you have. Yeah. Then you got to have all those people who stand on top and tell you where to go. <laughs> right. So... Uh, yeah. I, 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 and then uh, you have to charge the cars. You have to maintain the cars, right? There's all, all that stuff. Yeah, so I'm not sure uh, from an economical standpoint... It's the best solution, uh, but it certainly is interesting, and it was certainly comfortable and convenient. So I guess if you value comfort and convenience and, let's say, civility, right? Because, you know, you, like on the New York subway, good God, all kinds of stuff happens. But in the Tesla, you know, it's a controlled environment. It's you and your friend, probably, or friends. Yeah, exactly. So you feel like you're uh, being whisked away in quiet comfort in a very special car. And they said Vegas approved 16 miles of tunnels already. So the vision for this tunnel system is that it would also go to the airport. So you'll have an option when you get to the Las Vegas International Airport that you can also use this loop to go to a hotel or the convention center. Hey, Andre, we're 20 minutes into this podcast. you know what it's time for? Uh, is it time for me to take a drink? That could be, but it's time for a word from our sponsor. So um, we'll be right back. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Okay, Andre, we're back. Uh, and let's go to the next best on my list. Uh, and that, of course, has to be the fact that Mercedes announced that they're building out their own Ala Electrify America charging network. I think they said 10,000 chargers altogether. Yeah, but they're not using Electrify America, are they? No, they're doing their um, own. And, and they actually learned lessons from Electrify America. Guess what? They're going to have canopies, Andre. So when it rains what? or snows, you don't stand there in the elements while you're charging your car, which is not a great idea when it's raining, putting a lot of power into your car. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they announced uh, over 10,000 different stations, right? Yes. Uh, and they're start, start Starting in North America. Yeah, which is important because usually when a German manufacturer starts something, it's usually starting in Germany, right? Yeah. Um, so it's really n nice to see that they're focusing on uh, North America and... Um, so, and it's also not going to be exclusive to Mercedes cars and vehicles. Um, any vehicle will be able to pull up to this station and get charged. Yeah, I've been a long time proponent of companies doing that. I, I think when you think about it, I think when you think about it, holy cow, is that a painful sentence? Uh, if Tesla did it and they're directly with the Model S and the Model X competing with Mercedes, in a way, Mercedes had to do it, right? Because you want this bespoke experience part of which is charging your vehicle, not having to stand out there with the rest of the masses, but actually feeling like, you know, there's this network that you can use to charge up your vehicle. And if Tesla's doing it, and if Mercedes wants to seriously compete against Tesla, they have to do it. It would be like, you know, it would be like, uh, I don't know, having a restaurant that competes, uh, but you don't serve hamburgers and you're competing against hamburger restaurants. It would be weird. 
Yeah, so here's at least one image we have here. And it looks like their concepts include large spaces, pull-through spaces. So maybe even people with trailers could come up and charge. Yeah, and then they, they're doing something else which is unusual, and I'm not sure how this is going to work, but you can actually reserve a space. Mm -hmm. So you, you could go uh, on an app, I suspect, and like say, hey, I need to charge up, and then you can at revert. At a certain time. At that time. Yeah. And I think that's probably how they're going to make it more bespoke to Mercedes owners, because they're opening it up to everybody. But let's say that as a Mercedes owner, you get the head of the line, so you can go in and you can reserve your space. So all of us plebes with the bolt, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is what we own, <laughs> don't clog up your charging station. <laughs> right. So, uh, and they're also branded also with charge points, so charge point and Mercedes, but there's a giant Mercedes logo uh, on, on all these renderings. And uh, a canopy so you can actually see what's on the screen when the sun shines. Uh, it's um, it's re really great. We need more, better infrastructure. So I'm really, I'm really happy there. I think in this. Europe, if I remember reading, the, and I could be wrong, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember reading the press release and they said in Europe they're going to do a minimum of 30 chargers per station in Europe, or up to 30 chargers in Europe, which is crazy. The most you ever see here. And hopefully, Andre, mm -hmm. uh, the lesson they'll learn from America, and this is a huge lesson because I would not want my wife, like, standing in a parking lot at three in the morning like we were when we crossed country to Nyonic uh, in Walmart shopping center. This was not a good idea with Electrify America to put these things in the corner of a Walmart. You know, um, we stopped 19 times on our cross country trip mm -hmm. and much of it was not pleasant. So maybe they'll actually do like Tesla did and they'll put them in shopping centers where there are Starbucks nearby or restaurant Dif different stores, stores yeah. you know, or outlet malls. But, you know, in the back of a Walmart shopping center is not ideal for for anybody, especially uh, at night. I agree. But these concepts look like they have a lot of space. It looks like a traditional fueling station. Yeah. Actually. Well, here's, here's the thing, okay, Andre? What's the most important thing besides a charger that you want to do when you stop, which, which you don't I have? I want to go to the restaurant. Exactly. And who I, wants to walk across a dark... Parking lot at two in the morning. <laughs> to Walmart that's closed. <laughs> to Walmart that's closed. Exactly right. Yeah. Yes. So that's that's really um, cool. Mercedes is doing that. All right. Let's keep going. So uh, next, uh, like I said, uh, we were there with Volkswagen, uh, and they unveiled uh, the Volkswagen Vision. No, sorry, the Volkswagen ID. Seven, uh, which is right there, um, and they did it in this kind of interesting paint because Volkswagen has been doing this a while now, where they unveil the car, but they don't really unveil it. They kind of cover it with camouflage paint, so you don't really know what it is. But basically, it's a replacement for the Arteon or the Passat with a hatchback. Well, it's it's their biggest um, entry into the electrified world. It's the ID7, and it's based on the MEB ch architecture, which is a mob modular electric architecture, and they're calling it kind of their flagship sedan. Um, but it's not quite a sedan. It's got the sloping roof, so it's actually kind of a fastback slash hatchback sedan. Kind of like an A7. Yeah, and it's actually it's about as big as an A7. And they're saying it's going to have on the European cycle. How much? So WLTP, right? That's what yeah. it's called. Uh, 700 kilometers, which translates to miles about 435. Which would put it up there with uh, the, uh, with the uh, Lucid, Lucids of yeah. the world. Lucids of the world, and probably not as expensive as the Lucids of the world. You know, those things started about 130 right now, since they don't have their base ones yet. In yeah, so this is, um, they didn't quite say 2024, but most people are pegging this as in the kind of a next year, model year uh, model. We'll, we should see it without its camo. But the camouflage was actually quite interesting. 
Uh, it kind of blew my mind. It's 40 layers of paint, some of it luminescent, and you can actually add current to it um, and actually have it light up. And they had like 22 different panels of different colors. Yeah, uh, and then I was curious when I did the video, and once again, alltfl.com, if you want to see that video, if you want to get it up close and personal look at it, where was the ID uh, 5, 6, right? Because this is a 7, and then somebody wrote in the comments that there's an ID 6 in Japan. I'm uh, Not Japan, China. Ch China, uh, yeah. So, that's, so I guess I was unaware that there were other IDs in other parts of the world. Well, uh, so the Europe has ID 3, right? Yeah. Uh, which is kind of like a golf size, yeah. uh, VW Golf. And I wish they brought it here, but they don't. ID 4, of course, we have, and many other... Uh, regions have ID7. They said it's going to be global, global vehicle. So it's going to be in Europe, in Asia, and also North America. So once again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know, too sure about how well, uh, let's say, Passat slash Artian is Artian, yeah, Artian um, replacement that's electric will sell. Sedans aren't really selling, coupes aren't really selling, um, crossovers are selling, but they already have a crossover in the ID4 um, and. I think one of the best things out of the entire show was something that wasn't even shown at the show, but something that we did a video on because you were really interested in it, and that is the ID Buzz. You want to tell about that? Yeah, ID Buzz. So uh, I've seen it kind of from a distance. That's uh, the van. It's the van. It's the new bus, right? Buzz. And I've never been able to crawl into it and, and see it up, up close and personal. So I was very excited. Uh, got a chance to do it. We have a full video about this uh, published, once again, alltfl.com. And I was quite impressed. And I think what VW, I wish what they would be doing is, well, I appreciate the ID7, right? It's a cool uh, sedan that a lot of people may need. But, you know, they already teased us with the ID Buzz. Show us the American version of it, the U.S. spec, and let's get it in production. Like, I can't wait for the Buzz to actually enter production so we can actually buy it, so we know how much it costs. Because it was really cool to be inside of it, really spacious, really roomy. I, I will make a I will make a bold prediction, Andre, and we can we can fact check this a few years from now. The ID Buzz will outsell the ID Seven ten to one. So they want to one. get back two years from now. Yeah. And so for about every this? ten thousand of those they sell, they'll sell a uh, hundred thousand of the ID Buzz. I. I don't know. I mean, I would second that. I think the ID Buzz would be a lot more popular. Uh, it's got kind of a retro classic cool style. It's got utility. Families would love that. I love that. It had a hitch. You could hook up a trailer to that. So I, I think the Buzz would be very popular, and I just hope they can build as many as possible. All right. Speaking of funky paint colors, uh, there was another vehicle that was uh, unveiled and introduced uh, at CES, and that is, of course, the iVision D. Uh, design, what do the two E stand for? It's a BMW. Digital Emotional oh. Experience. Yes, yes, yes. So this wow. is this is a shape-shifting, well, not really, color-shifting <laughs> uh, BMW. Uh, Want to tell them about it? Yeah, so we have a few, couple pictures behind me uh, of this um, car concept. First of all, it introduces kind of a new styling for the VW brand. It is a concept vehicle. But you know how the dual kidney grill, right? Now it stretches all the way across the vehicle. There's kind of vertical LED lights in the front to kind of identify it as a car. But then they added these, you know, once again, powered color changing panels that you could change color, you know, almost instantaneously on, on this vehicle, which I think James Bond uh, would love. If I was James Bond right now, I would want this car. Just don't get it shot by a bullet or hit in the side. <laughs> Taking it to the, your local repair shop and getting that uh, 
No, Panel but you know, you know what I mean? Quite, like quite the you pull up and it's all black, right? Yeah, and, and then and then, and then you you make it yellow and you drive away and nobody recognizes you. Yeah, good point, yeah. Andre. Well, I don't know. But what do you guys think about this style? Let, let us know. Check it out on altfl.com. Um, I think I would welcome this styling. If BMW built this style, I don't, you know, I know this could be really, really expensive to make it color shifting. Uh, but overall, the style I like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like a body in white, right? Which is what a car would look like before it's actually finished. Mm -hmm. uh, so it looks like a design concept, which it is. All right, uh, before we keep going to the worst, uh, let's have a word from our sponsor, TFL Boat Andre. TFL Boat? Yes, TFL Boat. Oh, is that Boat. something new? <laughs> Andre and I were mulling about starting TFL Boat because two of the coolest things we actually saw at CES had nothing to do with uh, cars or uh, or at least not traditional automation, and that was a boat and a massive Caterpillar truck. You want to tell them about the boat? Because you were the most excited. You're the boat guy in this room. Well, yeah, so here's a little bit of backstory. When I met my wife before we were married, yeah. um, she grew up near and at the Navajo Reservoir in New Mexico. So she was a huge uh, boating enthusiast. And she water skis, right? She water skis. She, you know, water skied in high school and before high school, etc. Yada yada yada. So I, she got me into boating. So then, in 2004, so about what, 19 years ago, uh, we purchased our ski boat. So I've been kind of in that world. Even though Colorado, we don't have a lot of water here. I don't we're, know if you've noticed. We are landlocked, yes. Uh, and we also have a lot of cold months where but we, we but don't. We do have boat. the most certified scuba divers. That's interesting. Yeah, interesting. Why we have the most scuba divers but no water. Active state, a lot of young, yeah. youthful, boarding slash skiing slash running slash biking people who also like diving. Anyway. So I appreciate anything with a motor, right? So I loved, you know, kind of perusing different boats and looking at them at the marinas and dreaming about what may be. So here we are at CES 2023, and there's a giant sea ray which is kind of this cabin cruiser in the, 30, in the Brunswick stand. And yes, it's 37 feet long. It's their new 370 model and it's got dual V12s on the back. Wow. Two V12 engines. So it's actually powered by outboard W24. Motors. Yep. So we had to learn more, but it turns out um, what they were showcasing is like the latest interface system, right? Once again, it's CES. It's about the human but they had the boat there, which was cool. Yeah, we, we were able to see the and entire a, and boat. And a simulator where we could actually try docking it. Yeah, remember we walked into it during in the middle of the demo, and I got a little bit It'll make you seasick. seasick. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 actually, there's like all around you are screens, and then the, I think the actual demo moves like it is on water, right? Does it actually, the, the floor move? I don't, I don't know. It felt like it, it was It felt moving. like it moving, yeah. So you really feel like you're on a boat, and you do get seasick, actually. It's pretty cool. <laughs> but the coolest thing was they... Uh, they had a, a series of uh, bigger and bigger and bigger outboard electric marine engines, props. And motors. Motors, yeah. yeah. Keep m messing that up. Motors. Motors are electric, engines are gas. Anyway, uh, and so it was cool to see, you know, like uh, battery swappable, uh, bigger than trolling motors, but, uh, you know, for, for the the... The, the boat fan in your life, and that was kind of fun. And if you want to see that video, uh, it's over, where do we put that? It's on TFL Now. You can check Andre out getting all nerdy in the boats. And then the other cool thing, which was even cooler, was they had a giant Caterpillar truck. Yeah, a mighty 777, was that right? Or the seven? Yeah, the 777. Yeah, 100 tons, 120 tons? Of yeah, they're like, yeah, well, we asked how much, what the payload is. They're like, 100 tons. Oh, and then they're like, oh, it's our smaller one. 
right? Yeah. It's a small one. Yeah. So because they have 797s that are capable of up to 400 tons. And so Andre got to geek out on the biggest truck he's ever at least sat in the cab of. Oh, yeah. So I tell them, oh, yeah, I have a CDL, right? So <laughs> <laughs> the CDL. Like, and they they're like, care. that's not enough. I mean, it doesn't matter because this is autonomous because <laughs> this thing runs around by itself. And that's what they were showing off, right? They were showing off the, uh, you want to find a 777 there? To show them, there it is. There's the video. Well, it's it's just me standing next to it. So. Yeah, so that that's you by the wheels. Yeah, the wheels are way bigger than I am, um, and it was pretty interesting. It still had the driver compartment, still had the steering wheel and the, and the gas and brake pedals and all that stuff, but it could be operated in autonomous mode, uh, which actually they said we're already running them in autonomous mode in many locations around the world. Yeah, yeah. So I I was more curious how the hell they got it into the uh, arena, <laughs> into the into the convention center and not... But uh, if you're telling me that in two weeks there's going to be World of Concrete, maybe it's going to stick around and wait for the old, the other machines to come up. So can I tell you a story about that? Yes. Uh, I went to a show in Washington with Chevy maybe five, six years ago. Uh, the U.S. Army, UA... I don't want to say it because it'll be wrong. Military show. Military show. Um, and I was wandering in the show and they had all kinds of cool stuff, right? Like... Uh, personnel carriers and uh, drones and missiles and all kinds of guns. All kinds of vehicles, All right? kinds of cool military stuff, right? And I was like, I was like, where are the tanks, right? And so I walk up to a general and I'm like, dude, you know, wh- wh- where are the tanks? And he looks at me like I'm an idiot. He goes, boy, do you know what your tank weighs? And I'm like, uh, 50 to 100 tons? And he goes, that's right. You think you're going to have it on the second floor of the show? <laughs> Go to the bottom. <laughs> Go downstairs. <laughs> were there tanks down there? Uh, they weren't quite tanks, but okay. they were like armored personnel vehicles, okay. which probably still weigh, you know, as a much huge as, amount. Yeah. As, as much as this thing. I don't know how much this thing weighs, but it's a lot. Uh, so, yeah, so that's my little interjection there Between, before we get to the worst. So are you ready to get to the worst? Okay, are we making a transition? Let's go and uh, head into the worst. So uh, the, the car that I did not like, um, late in coming, won't be here till 2026, is a collaboration between uh, Honda and Sony. Uh, I didn't like the name. I didn't like the car. I didn't like the 3,000 people around it. I didn't like the fact that it displays videos on its nose. But what is that car called, Andre, or the brand, not the car, the brand? The brand is called Sony Afila. How do you spell it? A-F-E-E-L-A. Afila. Yeah, I feel it. I don't feel it. <laughs> I don't feel a feel it. Wait, you're not feeling the feel? No, I don't feel a feel. There it is. Uh, and to me, the design is uh, just like somebody, uh, like a like 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 a high school kid's version of what a Lucid Air should look like. You see what I'm saying? It's just kind of roly poly, uh, no character lines, and that front part right there. It's you. a screen, actually, right? Yeah, the front part where you normally have like the Fila logo is a screen, and they were showing Spider-Man on it. Do, do I really? Do I really need the front of my car uh, showing a movie, or worse yet, you know, an ad for the local? Uh, if you're in Vegas, strip club, which is what you're going to get, right, when that starts running around. So I, I was a little surprised by this uh, yes. introduction. So obviously, so Sony and Honda are working together. So Honda is providing some of the, you know, actually, you know, what makes a car a car, some of the powertrain and uh, some of the body. And then Sony is providing design, um, electronics, some of the interfaces. Did, didn't say it had like 45 cameras? Yes. I don't, I don't know where you would put 45 cameras, but it's well, supposed I, I, to. I can tell you where you put them in the uh, concept car, which is, Instead of the mirror, uh, mirrors. But, but this is this inside, is, this outside. Is a, this is like a favorite 
ploy or design element for designers where instead of having a rearview mirror, they put a little camera that much more aerodynamic that sticks out on the side and then displays inside. The problem is they're illegal in the U.S., so why they put them on there, I don't know. In the rest of the world, they're legal, like the, um, the Honda, the electric Honda that we don't get, that has those. I was in Korea, like I said, and the new uh, Ionic 6 okay. has those mirrors as well, but they're completely illegal here, so seeing these little like, like pencil-sized uh, protrusions coming off where the mirror is is stupid because it, to me it immediately says that's never going to make it into production. Unless the laws change. Unless they actually change the yeah, laws. How long have we been waiting for laser lights, Andre? I, I know. I've been waiting for about six years for laser lights. I remember seeing a demo like four years ago, maybe five years ago, uh, and they're brilliant. They work much better. The cool. Let's talk about laser lights, which is a technology that they should be showing off at CES, which they don't. Uh, so laser lights allow uh, you to use... Um, the light itself to contour the pattern so that you can have very bright lights lighting up the side, the front of the car, without blinding oncoming drivers, which I think is brilliant. Yeah, and also it can it make steers. different... It steers, it can go around pedestrians or around bicyclists, right? It's really clever technology that we don't have in the U.S. And it's supposed to be coming. They said they were making it, but yet I have yet actually seen it implemented in a car. And then the irony is like Audis have it, a lot of, a lot of European brands have it, but they had to disable it specifically for America, for the, for the for America which yeah. is, is always like, it's like it's like that CES thing where you go there and the upload speeds and download speeds are so slow, you're like, really? I thought we were at the apex, not at the bottom. <laughs> right. Did I say CES sucks? <laughs> you did say it in, in, in the beginning of the show. I, I, you know, um, I don't think they're going to be advertising on our show. Andre, I think I burnt that bridge pretty well, didn't I? I set it on fire and, 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 and ran away screaming. There you go. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, advertisers, it's, it's time for another break, Andre. Uh, so uh, just have it listen to our latest sponsor, and we'll be right back. All right. We're back, Andre. Sweet. Are you ready to keep going? Yeah. All right. So uh, we went to the uh, Stellantis booth. Uh, and, you know, Chrysler doesn't have a lot of cars. No, they have a 300C which is the new uh, V8-powered beast, right? And they have what else? Pacifica, one of my favorite minivans. If I had a favorite minivan, it would have to be the Pacifica. And I'm, we met the new CEO of Chrysler. Yeah, that was, very, really, that was really cool. Very pleasant, very uh, nice uh, person. And uh, what they were showing was the new Uconnect. Are they calling it Uconnect, the newest no, version? No, it was kind of the, their new interior experience. You can they, see it they, right there. They call it the Synthesis Cockpit Demonstrator. And, and uh, as much as I, you know, I like Chrysler, I kind of felt like that was just, you know, they had to have something there, and so they phoned that in. It just was this, like, uh, weird, uh, like, display of two seats, and then, you know, a screen in front with no steering wheel. Like, you couldn't even see the steering wheel and a bunch of, like, screens. Like, uh, there, was, so, it was, there was nothing innovative or interesting. I understand that the innovation is inside, but this is the problem I was getting at. It's just like, okay, so you're showing me multiple colored graphs. What am I supposed to take away from that? And then I got yelled at for touching the material. Did you see I that? Did, I did. I, I also got yelled at. I squished uh, the <laughs> side of the seat because I really wanted to feel their interior design and they said don't touch it but so here's where i am in this so i was a little bit puzzled because you know currently the vehicle is recognizable when you see a steering wheel right so i was expecting kind of to somehow to incorporate a steering wheel into this concept 
But I kind of see what they're doing. You know, they started this on the Grand Wagoneer and uh, the Grand Cherokee, where the passenger also has a screen, right? Not just the driver gauges are there, but also the passenger has some screen. Um, and the latest system is Uconnect 5. This appears to be their latest iteration of that system. And, but I don't know, it didn't get me excited or I didn't learn much from, from looking at it, I guess. Yeah, it just like, like I said, like I, I think I, they felt all the other brands were there, right? Because Jeep had their 4xEs, their Peugeot had their... Uh, well, Fiat E was there, the electric the, Fiat the, 500. The Fiat 100E, which they announced officially was coming, which we sort of kind of could guess at, right? Uh, and then, of course... A Jeep, like I said, had their four by E's. Peugeot uh, uh, had the inception concept, and I, I think like Chrysler didn't want to be left out, so this is what they what they showed up with. Having said that, Alfa Romeo wasn't there, as far as I could tell. No. And Dodge did have their uh, electric oh, yeah, the, the e charger muscle. Banshee. Yeah. The Banshee was there. Which was cool, too. Uh, so let's keep going. Uh, things that weren't great. Now, this is not a critique of the car. It's just a critique of the fact that uh, what, what Volvo was there? It was an EX90, their latest electric SUV. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, so they, Volvo had their EX electric, but they didn't have a booth. Was it in their booth? We could never figure out. And people have done, but we'll, so people have done videos with it. There are some other channels that have videos of it. Uh, but it was there. I think it was also in the Google booth. But there was never any like like Volvo support around it. So when it was there, I remember I walked up to like one of our uh, colleagues, Rady, and he was like, "They won't let me in this thing. They won't open it up." Uh, and so if you're going to have a car at a show, you probably should have some staff there to actually or make it easy or make it easy or and also allow us to look inside. Yeah, because we we can't necessarily set up an appointment like like the Mercedes Charger, right? Because we're being torn. I mean, there's a lot going on. We're being torn 80 different ways. So when we walk by it, it would be nice to actually be able to, like, do a video with it. Now, I think uh, uh, Rady didn't or maybe he couldn't get a video with it. I know Sophia was able to get a video with it. But it was just weird because I was like, okay, is the thing here because of Volvo? Is it here because of Google? A different company? Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing that was weird about it was it was covered, right? So when we first got there, we did a pre video when we got there before while they were setting up and it was completely covered as if nobody had seen it and nobody's and as a, seen as a journalist you know we're human too so you know we feel the same things you feel so we feel happiness if you tickle us <laughs> we feel sadness <laughs> please don't tickle me <laughs> if you leave nasty comments but they had a program for this right they invited a bunch of journalists to europe to actually drive it and this was maybe two months ago, am I right? Yeah, November, December time frame. Yeah, so so Volvo, if, if you're going to do that and you're going to have people drive it, why are you like keeping it secret and veiling it at the biggest show of the year so far, which it is, right? It's just a head scratcher. And as as a as a person you know who didn't get invited on that program, I'm like, do you want our publicity? Do you? And I always feel like I'm trying to represent you guys out there. So do you care about our viewers and readers and listeners? Because it feels to me like you don't, because you know I'm there, I'm ready to do a video, but I can't open it, right? It's you've, covered. It's covered, and you've invited our competitors to go drive it, uh, and so don't be surprised if if you know you make the worst list because we're salty about it. Um, that's just how I feel. Yeah, um, I, the car itself looks interesting. So first of all, my my only comment about the X90 is that it looks like a Volvo which I think is the right thing to do because a lot of people love the style already. So if you want to electrify a Volvo, this may be the best way to do it. I just wish I had some access to it. 
or at least, and I, and I was like emailing Volvo back and forth, but it just never, I figured there was, you know, at, at, at some point, we've got so much going on, we've got so many plates in the air, you just figure there'll be somebody there and you can just walk up to it and they'll be like, hey, here, go for it. But no, that was not doable. So it there it there. is. Anyway, it it's not a critique of the car. It's just a critique of the situation and maybe of, of you know, my personal feelings as opposed to really what the car was show, was doing there. Yep. Uh, the other car which we didn't cover uh, was the Faraday Future, which we also There was walked, one there. There was one there, which we also walked by. I noticed that some people did uh, do videos with it. And that's another one where, you know... Uh, this is actually maybe a good time to have this conversation, right? So uh, we're, we're always in the editorial meetings discussing like how much publicity we actually should provide companies that we're not sure are going to make it or survive. And it gets especially hard when those companies come out of the box like Faraday Future did. So I remember maybe seven years ago I was at Vegas. I think it was at SEMA or maybe it was CES, and they unveiled their car. Uh, and they had incredible plans. I think they had hired a bunch of BMW people, uh, you know, and they had this giant well, they, unveiling. They have like PR people, right? Everybody. I think one of our friends used to work there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah exactly. So so you know, and then like you know, seven years later, three bankruptcies, fifteen CEOs, right? You just don't know whether the company is actually going to produce a car, and you don't know if it's going to be real, and you don't want to like uh, provide a lot of editorial to a company that, that may or may not survive because of whatever reason, right? And we're trying, yeah, we're trying to be discerning about this, right? Yeah. Because uh, here's another example of what happened a couple of years ago, right? The uh, Nikola Badger truck. Exactly. Right? So Nikola is a company. Uh, they were focusing on semi-trucks, and all of a sudden the CEO gets up there and he says, you know, we're going to build a pickup truck. Yeah. And it's going to be amazing. Um, it's going to have great range. Well, uh, so it turns out... <laughs> That truck was kind of vaporware, and it doesn't exist and probably will never come. So how much energy do we put? CEO gets indicted. Yes. So how much energy do we put into it? Yeah, right? how much, you know, because the more coverage we provide it, the more more legitimacy we give it, right? And we're very well aware of that. So when it's there and you walk by, but there's like nothing, no people around it, no, you're kind of like, well, should we, should we, is this real? Is this actually going to be built, you know? Uh, and yeah, so that's but, that's another one that I'm. Kind but of, we always want to cheerlead for a company, right? I mean, it's it's well, I don't, I don't not not cheerlead, but I but, say but support. No, I wouldn't say cheerlead. No, I don't think we want to support either. I think we want to uh, be. And this, this, these are the discussions we have. Maybe we're having it on a podcast right now. But our job as journalists isn't to cheerlead or support. There are other podcasters out there who will say. The, our job is to hold people accountable, or our job is to, you know, uh, help the company do better. I've heard this over a, a lot of different podcasts, right? Our job is to report the news, Andre. It's that yeah. simple. It's pretty simple. So but it's not the support. It's just it's to report the news. But, but in this case, I don't know if there'll be any news because I don't know if this company will survive. But what I was trying to get at, we're also enthusiasts, right? Well, of course, um, yeah. Here. So I, I, I want to see every company succeed, but if it doesn't have the right you know, whatever it takes to make a company successful then, or you actually produce vehicles then. And, and before we, you know, continue on this list, let's actually, let's actually take a, uh, and I know since I've got you here, I'm going to have to go into trucks because you're usually doing the truck podcast, but we should talk about this because, you know, there's a lot of trucks that 
also are in the same predicament where we haven't actually covered them much. So let's start with the Bollinger. Remember we met the CEO yes. of Bollinger? Like he took eight, me for a ride in his concept. Yeah, and, when the, and then we actually went out to Detroit to cover it. Remember that? You did yep. a whole video series on the Bollinger. And then what happened to it? Well, the B1 and B2, those are the called uh, the Bollinger um, Sport uh, uh, Utility um, SUTs, Sport Utility Trucks. Uh, they made a decision not to build them. And then uh, they decided to focus on commercial vehicles, so commercial chassis. So they have one, um, at least pre-production prototype or production prototype, uh, or several of them in the works for kind of a big box trucks, right? And then somebody else bought the rights to the Bollinger B1 and B2. The company escapes me right now. So it's almost like B1 and B2 were going to be built, then are canceled, and now they're bringing, uh, being brought back by another company. Yeah, and so uh, from our, our point of view, uh, you know, we have to hopefully be also experts, right? So at some point, we have to be more discerning about like what we give coverage to, and a company that comes out of the gate saying we're going to build these things and they're going to be built, and then it, you know, it doesn't happen, and then we're waiting, and then it doesn't happen, and it turns out that it gets sold, and then God knows what happens. Another company like that that we don't know really where we stand with is Lordstown. You know, mm -hmm. they, they're pretty, I, I was just at uh, um, the LA Auto Show, and there was a Lordstown there, actually. It looks like a good-looking truck, but we have contacted them a number of times. We, you know, we are the biggest truck outlet in America. We have the most viewers, the most listeners, um, and, um, you know, crickets. So far, no trucks or at least no tester that we can actually and no invite, get into. No, no, you know, uh, you know right. and, and it makes you wonder about the company if they tend to ignore or aren't interested in having, you know, free coverage from the biggest truck out in America. So that's another one that's like yeah. that. And Atlas, there's another one. Atlas is another company based in Arizona. Yep, uh, we've done some work. I, I, they appeared on the truck. I've, I've talked to the CEO. Yeah, yeah, uh, but no prototype yet. I mean, uh, th their whole big thing is fast charging and their battery technology. But once again, no working prototype we can test right now, or any time in the foreseeable future. There's another one, um, Ineos Grenadier, right? Um, it's not electrified, right? But it's an SUV, uh, off-road uh, focused SUV that we've asked for access to and there for a while we got some access and then it we got some access and but now other people are driving it and we haven't Europe, heard back from them. yeah so that's another one we're very curious about and let's let's just let's just leave this on a positive note uh this is an open invitation to you Ineos grenadier to you lordstown atlas lordstown faraday future you know uh, ask a tfl truck info a tfl car Email us, you know, and we'll, we'd love to provide you with coverage. We'd love to tell your story. Just, uh, you know, let, let us know that you're out there and you're still actually working. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's, let's wrap this up. I, I don't want to end on a negative note. What was, uh, what was your favorite thing at CES, Andre? Let me ask you that. Um, so can I start with slightly um, not, fa not favorite? Yeah, sure, of course. So my not favorite part is, so I love being prepared, right? Um, and walking into the automotive hall of CES, was a little intimidating for me because I saw a lot of names of companies that I have I don't know much about, right? Because a lot of them are focused on automation, uh, maybe you know some other user interface, maybe maybe their suppliers, right? Uh, I recognize a couple companies Magna. like Magna, yeah, uh, that we work with and we know a, a lot about. Also ZF that we know a lot about and we worked with Caterpillar. before. 
Caterpillar, John Deere. I, I thought Brunswick made bowling alleys, so I apologize. <laughs> I had no clue they built boats. <laughs> well, they built the technologies that kind of make boats work, right? I thought in they built bowling balls and pins. Including engines. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt a little bit not super comfortable walking in there and actually understanding the whole scope of that show. Uh, but my favorite part was probably sitting in the Caterpillar. Yeah. In a mining truck. I was, what, three stories tall, I think, in that, in that beast. And that's not their biggest truck. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and I, for me, um, because the cars were far and few in between, at least in terms of new cars, right? I think that, once again, the Ram revolution uh, just completely redefined what an electric truck could be. And I was blown away uh, by all of its cool features. And I'm just hoping that those actually make it into production because, you know, suicide doors. Or um, at least half of those features. How, how about the pass-through that, that Bollinger seemed to have pioneered but now is actually, you know, you know, in, you know and, 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 you know, the other thing about these main companies is, like, you understand that they're actually going to build the vehicle, right? So Ram says they're going to have that. When truck. Ram says it's going to be in production in 2024, they have a track record yeah. that supports that and that they have unveiled vehicles and made them and. and so I, I would trust somebody like Ram or Ford or GM when they say they're going to build something. And, you know, speaking of that, I think that's also hurting Tesla a lot because Tesla has made a lot of promises that they have fulfilled, but they've also made a lot of promises, especially in the truck world, that they have not fulfilled, right? Elon has gotten rid of his entire PR department and marketing department, and it's basically his Twitter account. Uh, and, you know, the Tesla Cybertruck, which I got to ride in, which was thank you, very cool. Thanks to our friends at Tesla that allowed me to do that. Um, that was, what, two years ago, three years ago now? Three-plus years ago. Yeah. Uh, so at some point, you know, you, you call Wolf enough times, or in this case, Cybertruck, you really start to wonder. And I've heard that they've actually now have gotten the machines and the tooling to actually start building them in Texas. Uh, but And I'm to the point where I'll, you know, see it when I believe it. Same thing with the Tesla Roadster. Uh, God helped all those people who put $250,000 down. I, I'm not sure that's even on the boards. And they finally did actually uh, start delivering on the semi-truck. Right. They but, sold uh, several of them to Pepsi. But, yeah, but, you know, but, to, to go, but, several is not going to no, set the it, world on fire. Yeah, at least two of them were last year, right? They said this year that it might be 100 trucks. But also Pepsi is like the only customer right now. So I asked, actually, I, you know what? I, I emailed Pepsi. Yeah. And I emailed Tesla. And no, and, and no, no response from from either Pepsi or Tesla, uh, because uh, I have a CDL. Yeah. I want to experience the truck. I want to tow up and down whatever hill or road you you want me to. So, but so far crickets. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's it. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I think this week, if all goes well, we're going to have another bonus episode. As you know, Tommy is running the Classics Channel, and him and Brendan have been doing bonus episodes for uh, this podcast. Uh, so I want to thank all of our Patreons, especially Andre, right? We've got yeah. a whole bunch of new ones. Uh, you guys helped make this possible. Uh, we just switched hosts, so hopefully we can actually start to monetize this. And you might be saying, that is no fun, Roman. We don't want to listen to commercials. But like I said, you know, Andre and I basically worked for 14, 16 hours a day at, at, at CES, and we like to get paid for that. <laughs> and part of what we get paid for is doing podcasts like this. Yeah, and videos, yeah. Yeah, so as much as we want to thank uh, 
you know, all of you guys, we also want to thank Volkswagen because I think without Volkswagen inviting us there, uh, the cost of actually doing it would be outlandish and, and certainly not YouTube enough to actually go and do it. So thank you, Volkswagen, for yeah. letting us go. Uh, and I, I, I want to extend an open invitation to Volkswagen uh, to let us drive the ID Buzz because I'm dying to do that, Andre. Just dying to drive the ID Buzz. Yeah, and actually, any company out there, uh, we have our new property, uh, Tumbleweed Ranch. Yes. And we have a facility there now, indoor facility, and also a lot of land. So if you want to come uh, out. It's a barn. Yeah, it's you a make, 40. You made what it. is it? 48 by 72. That's a big space. It's a barn. It's a if fancy you wanna, barn. If you want to film in a barn <laughs> or use 20 acres of uh, land, yeah, uh, let us know. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks for watching. Uh, see you next week when Nathan's back. Ciao. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.